Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Today, I sit down with Kevin Dempsey. Kevin is a longtime member here at Bethany, and he has also, as you'll hear, been working with our Habitat for Humanity uh, group for a very long time as well. And this is all uh, in prep for our Be the Blessing event on October 21st. Uh, Habitat for Humanity is one of the organizations people can sign up to serve with. But even if you're not able to be a part of that event or you're not in the Denver area, I really encourage you to still listen to this conversation. Kevin has some great insights about uh, how this work has formed him and been of benefit to his life of faith, as well as just really valuable to hear about this great organization, Habitat for Humanity, and the work that they do. So it was a really fun conversation. I appreciate Kevin for coming on and being our team lead for this ch- this element of the October 21st event. And, and now I'm excited to share this conversation that he and I had just a little while back. So here it is, me and Kevin talking about Habitat for Humanity. everyone. Welcome to the Together for Good podcast. I'm sitting in my office here with Kevin Dempsey. Kevin, say hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, Kevin, thanks for being here. You've been on vacation and traveling and gallivanting, and I finally was able to lock you down and get you in my office. Couldn't escape. (laughs) Couldn't escape. (laughs) And this is for an interview. We're continuing this podcast series where I'm talking with people who are kind of the leads for some of our ministry organizations where Bethany members will be serving on October 21st as part of Be the Blessing Day. So, Kevin, tell us about the organization that you specifically work with and coordinate with. Okay. My organization is Holy Hammers. Uh, Well, I should say it's Habitat for Humanity of Metro Denver. Um, Habitat for Humanity, probably a lot of people know about. It started in 1976. Uh Uh-huh. And the affiliate here in Denver started in 1979. Okay. They believe that everybody deserves a, a safe decent, affordable place to live. Um, and so it actually started uh, through a person, Koinonia. Hmm. Um, it was a, a basically a community uh, in America's Georgia. Uh-huh. And, um, oh, I've heard about this. So yeah, yeah. basically people living together, sharing, supporting each other, building each other's home. Um, America's was like one of the most segregated parts of the South. Yeah. And basically, this was people, a, a diverse community living and working together. Yeah, it's an intentional community in Georgia. I had a friend that actually visited and spent some time there. And so they were involved. This, this is it koinonia, something like koinonia, that? Koinonia, right. And they, which is the Greek word for community. Yes. Um, were they, they were a part of starting Habitat? I didn't well, know this. Um that was the genesis of it. One wow. of the disciples, um, basically Millard and Linda Fuller, mm-hmm. uh, they were the ones who actually started Habitat. And Jimmy Carter was involved somehow too, right? Uh, kind of. Okay. Actually, I'm reading a book about, a biography about Jimmy Carter, and that talks about Koinonia, and he had to be careful, I guess, in a segregated South about when he was running for governor and things like that. Okay. He really came to really support and believe what they were doing but he had to kind of be a little bit interesting yeah um but um and actually the um i can't think of the person's name now um it'll come to me he was related to uh rosalind carter okay um but anyway linda and uh, millard fuller are the real 
starters of this. Um, they were kind of a rich couple and based on everything they decided to sell everything they went over and did missionary work in Africa yep. and then basically came back and started Habitat and started Habitat because they had this 76 in America's Georgia is the headquarters wow so. and that's really I mean it's interesting that it kind of stems also from this intentional Christian community right people living together supporting one another and building a home together yes. and now it gets expanded and sort of nuanced and remixed into this idea of literally building homes for yes. people who maybe have trouble um, being able to afford a home, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes. and that, I know we were talking before we hit record, Habitat's sort of expanded and changed a little bit too. It's not just building homes anymore. Is there more to it than that? Uh, yeah, people probably think of Habitat as like building this single family home yeah. in, in lots. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and over the years, they realized that they needed to build more homes. <laughs> sure. There's a great need out there. Yeah. Uh, so they started building multi-unit homes. Uh, they, then they got into um, remodeling. Wow. Uh, they, there was a complex out in, uh, apartment complex in Lakewood. Yep. And they basically, um, I think it was up, somehow the federal government was involved, but they took it basically remodeled it completely, rehabbed it and remodeled it. Um, so that, you know, people kind of got into the remodeling and rehabbing. Uh-huh. Um, the project, we'll get to this later on, uh, they've taken homes trying to keep people in the house. They do major repairs. So like that people roofs, don't have to leave their siding, homes. Exactly. Yeah. Windows, yeah. that kind of thing, fencing, anything to help them stay in the home. Uh, they're now dealing with these accessible uh, development units. Mm -hmm. Somebody has a piece of land and then have space and they can build another uh, built living unit in the back, basically, yeah. Yeah. if they want to, and lease that out to somebody. Um, so those kinds of things. Um, probably people know about the restores, where people can donate um, tools and building supplies and things for the home. They sell that back to the community, and that helps pay for building homes. And, Incredible. Um, well, and so as we think about Habitat too, I I feel like correct me if I'm wrong too, uh, that part of the design as well is that usually the people who will be receiving the home are actively part of working on it. Isn't that part of sort of the philosophy? Yeah, and so that goes back to the whole community thing. Right, right. <laughs> right. So th yeah, they're expected to put in what they call sweat equity. So yeah. they're either working on their own home or they're working for somebody else's home or they're working in the office, working in the restores. They're expected, the families are expected to give somewhere around 100 to 200 hours of sweat equity. Um, and so it really is a, a partnership. Yeah. So there's Habitat. A lot of time the federal and state governments are involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you have all the volunteers mm -hmm. that are involved, and then you have the family. Right? Neat. Really and neat. People well, think it's not a giveaway, right? People, right? they're basically, um, they, they'll get an affordable mortgage, but they're paying for their home. Okay. And like I said, they're putting in their sweat equity. Um, they have to go to classes on home ownership and things like that. Wow. Um, 
So a really well-developed holistic system, I think, in a lot of ways. Well, and so you had mentioned um, when when you first when I first asked you, I'm like, hey, what organization do you work with? You're like, you said Holy Hammers, and they're like, wait, no, <laughs> actually, it's Habitat of Master Denver. Yeah, Explain so. that for us, because Holy Hammers is this sort of smaller conglomerate that Bethany is very involved with that's a part of Habitat for Humanity. And I know that's an interesting story. That's kind of how you got started with all this, right? Exactly. Back in 1996, um, a pastor at All Saints Lutheran Church, Pastor John Petty, uh, who was actually on the board of the local affiliate here, Metro Denver, he thought it would be great if we could get a bunch of congregations to go out and volunteer in building a home. I was in Commerce City at that time. So that, that's the first time I went out and actually volunteered. Um, and then in 19, so people, some people, the originators kind of think that was the start of this coalition of Lutheran churches that built homes with Habitat um, called Holy Hammers. But it wasn't really until 1999, the ELCA convention was in Denver. And so Pastor Petty said, as part of that, to celebrate that, we're gonna build two homes in Denver and we're gonna build 10 homes overseas in Mexico City. Wow. Um, and so I was the representative from Bethany to that first build in, in 19, that's when we officially became Holy Hammers. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> and then it was actually Lutheran churches and Episcopal churches. Okay. Because in 2000, the Episcopal convention was in Denver. So we did the same thing. We set a goal of building uh, two homes and, and additional homes um, overseas. That, that, Kind of a side on that. Sure. Every time we sponsor a home, Holy Hammer sponsors a home. Um, we we have a sponsorship cost, um, but on top of that, we always give a ten percent tithe, and so the mm. our sponsorship cost goes to the home here in Denver, but our tithe goes to overseas buildings. So, and the Denver affiliate has always been very big on the tithing aspect of. What we're doing yeah oh i love that what a great idea so so tell me then how, do you know how many congregations are currently kind of involved with holy hammers uh it, it's 10 right now but um i was the lead back um in 2001 through maybe 2008 we got up to about 20 congregations and wow. they weren't all lutheran there were some episcopal cool. congregations a, ca- a couple of catholic parishes that's great um so, is it still is it of those ten remaining today? Is it right now? All it's Lutheran? all Lutheran. Okay, but um, I don't know how far off you want me to go. But anyway, one of our churches is Augustana Lutheran uh-huh. in Denver, and they just leased land uh, to Habitat Metro Denver, and um, they're going to build eight homes there on Augustana land. Wow! And the infrastructure work is starting this fall. And the volunteer work will be probably in the spring and summer of That's next phenomenal. Year. So I'm in the process of contacting other Lutheran congregations, some of the Episcopal congregations that were involved early on, trying to get them back in the fold to say, "Let's build um, these homes." Yeah, it's, it's going to be next year is the 25th anniversary of Holy Hammers. Sure. Yeah. 1999. And the fact that one of our own churches, because Augustana and Bethany have been kind of the anchor partners. Of, we're the largest churches mm-hmm. in the coalition. Okay. And so um, the fact that we're building on their land, we're trying to say, 
let's invite people in just like Pastor Petty did. Yeah. You know, 25 to years keep ago, the group. right? To get more people involved. And so with Holy Hammers, how often are you guys out there building? Um, once a year, we're sponsoring a home. Okay. But we try to get volunteer slots throughout the year just to keep people... Uh, do you do it on a monthly basis or is it kind of just as need arises? Yeah, usually it's on a monthly basis. A monthly basis. So, That's great. Um, I, know, I don't know if you knew this. When I was in... The, the neat thing about Habitat for Humanity is that it is... Um, it's national. Well, it's international organization. And so most towns have it. So when I was in Buffalo, New York, um, as a pastor of a church there... I, there was a, a young adult group that I put together and we would go do habitat builds once a month. Um, and it was, it's just a great, a great way to spend a Saturday. There's something really fun. Um, well, it's just great conversation can happen too. You know, like when you're, when you're tearing down plaster or drywall or whatever else, or when you're painting a room when it's further along in the process, all that stuff. Yep. Um, just a great time to get to know people better, build relationships, and even I learned a decent amount of home ownership skills <laughs> um, that I wouldn't have had prior just by being a part of Habitat on a regular basis. Yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, it's right on because at the end we have a home dedication, right? And it's a very emotional thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For the family, they're getting a home when they're opening the door up with the key. What's well, like those television shows, like the extreme home makeover right. television shows that they do when they move the truck and every, yeah, I'm sure it's kind of like that. But the other thing <laughs> is the people who actually volunteered at the home and they actually see the final product. Yeah. That's neat. And yeah, that's powerful everybody too. Everybody kind of wins, right? Yeah, that's really neat. Well, tell me a little bit then too. We're always trying to think about, you know, doing all this great work for the community. Um, and given that Habitat does have these Christian roots too, I'm just it curious. Is a Christian organization, yeah. Yeah, like having been involved in this since 1996, it sounds like is when you really got started, mm-hmm. um, right? So that's believe it or not, Kevin, that's almost 30 years now. Yeah, that's a long right. time. Yes, it is. <laughs> how the, how do you the third longest relationship, maybe the fourth <laughs> relationship? Parents, Michelle, the kids, <laughs> and Habitat. And Habitat. <laughs> How do, you, how do you think being involved in this organization has impacted your faith over all these years? Um, basically, I, I see that God, God had a plan for me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, because this kind of came out of the blue. And um, actually, kind of after I graduated from college, yeah. I kind of jump off the deep end basically uh-huh. um, and uh, it's kind of 1991 that that whole area when I met Michelle uh-huh. kind of got me back into church um, but along in 1990 with the kids came along right so I mean I was a very immature selfish person sure. probably coming out of college yeah know? and that's, my dad passed away in 1991 um, Mm. I remember having the conversation with the pastor there about now you're the head of the family. You gotta, you know, wake up and <laughs> take charge, right? Wow. And, um, but marrying Michelle that same year and having Richard and Michaela, and then this came along, um, and it really got me out of myself, right, and thinking about others. Um, yeah, well said. And. 
later on I lost my I was laid off in 2001 2002 and um, habitat and being involved the holy hammers uh, really give you purpose I, yeah definitely and I actually did some projects for them putting project plans together on the, the timeline of building a home basically up from the land being selected all the way to the dedication yeah, yeah yeah and all the critical paths of that well and tell tell our listeners too what type of I mean, that, that's kind of the type of work you were involved in. Yeah, exactly. Right? So God was saying, here's something that you're good at. <laughs> yeah. And putting it to use. And so instead of feeling sorry for yourself, you've been laid off wherever. Basically kept me connected. Yeah. And, you know, you, like you said, you build friendships and, and a network and everything. And you're not focusing on yourself. You're focusing on something else. Yeah. Well, I'm hearing a lot of, like, over the course of this conversation, too, the ways that... I mean, habitat work is so tangible. Um, I, I, this is a recurring theme as I've been interviewing people about all these different projects that we're doing. Uh, but like the life of faith can often just feel like it's in your head and in your heart and be very ethereal, uh, right? We're talking about a, a God that we cannot see. Um, and so the this type of habitat work, I feel like really gives you something that, to hang your hat on, something you can see. And, and you even talked about how incredible it is when you're at those home dedications, seeing the house that you helped build and right. seeing it given to this family in need, right. Um, right? That that's something you can really hang on to. And I'm, I'm hearing in, you know, kind of you talking about that too. You, you were floundering in some ways, wondering like if you had a plan right. or did God have a plan for you? What did this even mean? Right. And here's something very clear of a way that you can give back, use your skills and your gifts in order to improve the world around you and I'm assuming you kind of said it too, right? Like giving you a, a stronger connection to God through that work. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. And also a stronger connection with people. Right. You realize that everybody is the same. <laughs> yeah. Right? They all want a safe place to live. They want to have their families do better, you know, their kids do better than them. Yeah. Um, you see that. <laughs> they all use, like, poor language when they hit their thumb with a hammer, right? <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure you've done that many times over the years. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> well, Kevin, what could, um, what could someone expect to be doing if they're a part of Be the Blessing on the 21st? Because we're going to, what, what's the work lined up with Habitat that day? Okay, so we're going to be doing a home repair. Okay. Um, and we'll have 10 volunteers. Okay. I'm actually not going to be there. I'm going to be out of town. So Jan Detwaller is going to be the lead. That day, great. She is a core volunteer mm -hmm. at Habitat, which means typically a core volunteer will volunteer at least once a month. So she, um, so it'll be ten people, including Jan. And you have to be over sixteen. Uh, there it's over eighteen. Over eighteen. But okay. I'm sorry, you can be sixteen, but you can't be up on the roof. You can't use power sure, tools sure. and things like that. Uh, so if you're 16, you need parents' approval to uh, to go, but it's typically over 18 when we're out on a site like that. Great. Um, and we'll probably be doing some project around putting in windows, putting on siding. Uh, again, major repair is all about keeping people in their homes, mm -hmm. and so giving them a help in doing some of these major repairs. Yeah, well, do, yeah. do you know anything about the story of this particular house yet? Or? I, don't, I don't. I'm sure that they'll be able to tell us some details on the 21st, yeah. though. Because, um, again, I know that that's a big part of Habitat is sharing the story of 
who we're helping, why we're helping, that, you know, and the homeowners might even be yeah, there. Yeah, actually, we'll be out there basically from 8.45 until 4.30. Okay. So that's a typical day. The first 15 minutes will be a whole orientation about habitat. Neat. As well as a safety discussion. Of course. And then they'll kind of break people up. The good thing to know about habitat's not going to force you to do anything that you're not comfortable with. Right? Of course. You just need to say, I'm not comfortable with that, and they'll find the right job for you. Um, there'll probably be a supervisor from Habitat and then maybe an AmeriCorps okay. person too. That So the, they try to keep that um, uh, what do you call ratio of 10 people to one or two supervisors. So there are people out there that are making sure that you're not going awry. Right. Um, and the nice thing about a home repair is it's an intimate thing. The, probably the family will be there. And I've had occasions where they'll actually buy you lunch and you sit out in their backyard or whatever and talk you with have them. lunch and talk and yeah. learn a little bit about them and stuff like that. So. It's really neat. I mean, and the, the story is what makes it so so personal, so tangible. Yeah. So, like I said, so it's 9 to 4.30. There's a, usually around 11.45 for 45 minutes they'll do lunch. So you can bring a lunch or you can go off and buy a lunch if you want or somebody might prepare. I think we may actually may be providing lunches for this. I'm not sure. Maybe it's only at the Extreme Community Makeover. I'm not sure either, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you'll so get I to eat I somehow. Won't, I won't promise that. <laughs> and then work until about 4, and then from 4 to 4.30, they clean up the site. That's great. Well, Kevin, thanks. Um, I'm really, th this was just fun hearing you talk with such passion about this organization you've been involved with for, as we said, almost 30 years. That's a really long time. And I'm really glad that God worked in your life in these ways. Uh, it's, it's neat to see and to hear, yeah, just the joy that you have for the work that you do. And uh, and again, I, I entrusted to the congregation. It's a really great opportunity. If you can't be a part of um, the 21st, there are definitely Holy Hammer build days all throughout the year that you can be on the lookout for. And And even if you're not in the Denver area, there's probably a Habitat chapter in your city or somewhere nearby, so look into that as well. Yes, you're right. <laughs> do, you, do you know how many towns or cities it's in? I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, it's everywhere. Probably, yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all over. <laughs> Almost so, every country you can think of. It's, a great, it's just a great organization, and it's really well run um, and a great way to give back to the community and to connect with other people, um, a great way to live out your faith. So, Kevin, any closing thoughts for us as we wrap up? I would just... Um, I know it's tough to... <laughs> to find eight hours out of your day, but I would say it's definitely well worth it. And again, if you're not able to do the home construction, there's a lot of things that working at a restore, mm -hmm. um, working at the office. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of federal and state money going into housing. And so really Habitat is retooling. There may even be jobs out there for you if you're interested. Neat. So go check out their website because um, they're really ha having to ramp up what they're doing, right? In order to help, yeah, yeah with, so with all these things. they got to get more efficient in building homes, right? Okay. Um, which, there's a trade-off of that, right? Because part of it is that whole partnership <laughs> mm -hmm. of building, seeing, building a house together, right, in partnership with a family. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're slower than... <laughs> sure, sure, than a typical so construction outfit, so yeah. Uh, they even have a production shop. Um, where you can paint if you just want to paint and you don't want to be outside um, they, they basically paint and prepare all the materials which then they take out in mass oh to the build site so in there they take 14 year olds and above 
So good to know. So yeah, all sorts of opportunity. And again, in all sorts of places, whether you're in Denver or somewhere else, look into it. It's a really well-run, well-respected organization. Um, And yeah, it's a a lot of fun to to do these types of home improvement projects um, for someone who really needs it. Yeah. Well, uh, Kevin, thanks for all your work. Thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast. And you, dear listener, thanks for listening. Stay in peace, everyone. Goodbye, everybody.